Let's give Brother Victor Jackson a warm welcome from Bellevue, Florida as he comes right now. Give the Lord praise. Come on, can you clap your hands to the Lord right now? Amen. God is in this place. I tell you what, such an incredible hunger and thirst for God. Uh, just such an incredible sincerity uh, that has been felt uh, since I've been here Friday, uh, yesterday, and today. Uh, Y'all are some real people, hallelujah. Authentic, amen. Hungry for the Lord, and it's been such an honor uh, being able to spend time with you. All the singing, the worship, the musicians, just the hard work that goes into uh, making a service like this happen. And uh, and I heard y'all get the blessings of breakfast at 9 a.m. too. Come on, somebody. It just don't get better than that. It just don't get better than that. That's just... Came, came in this morning and uh, your pastors allowed me to use his office to, to pray and study. And Sister Teresa had coffee already on the thing for me when I stepped in. Uh, community coffee, of course, because that's, I believe that's the only coffee your pastor believes in, amen. And uh, I opened up his fridge looking for a bottle of water. It was like 12 packs of community coffee in there, amen. <laughs> it's like I've opened that and try to drink that. I might choke, hallelujah. And uh, so I got a good blessing of community coffee this morning and uh, appreciate so much. Pastor Gene and his wife and family and their leadership uh, in this church and you guys sharing him with the movement, uh, being a blessing to the movement. He's preached at my home church several years ago. Uh, he'll be preaching there again in May. Uh, how many of you are thankful for the leadership that God has placed over this wonderful assembly? Amen. Amen. And uh, I saw the LSU helmet in his office. My, uh, my sister, she graduated uh, with her bachelor's from LSU, and then she went on and got her doctorate in dentistry uh, from LSU as well. So my family believes in that. Amen. Uh, give honor to my beautiful wife, Louisa, and my son, James Asher. Give honor to them. He's a, he's a worshiper, he's a worshiper, and uh, Sister Rainey has spoiled him with some gifts, and so he's just been bringing his gifts everywhere, and church everywhere, just wants it, got, got some balloons, and got some bubbles, and we've just been having a blast, amen. Uh, why don't we open up our Bibles to the book of Exodus chapter 5, God is here. And uh, enjoyed the fellowship. Appreciate uh, Brother Kelly and his family. And uh, Brother Justin and his family. Got to meet Brother Lee over the weekend. God is doing something special in Salem. Ate some good barbecue last night. Amen. And uh, I saw everyone in a drive through of this little Dairy Mart. Is that what it's called? Dairy Mart? I drove past it. I was like, that's a little shop. But it had like... 15 cars in the line 
in that little shop. I'm like, hold on, there's something special about that place for everybody to just line up like that. I'm like, something's happening there. And uh, they said, oh, yeah, they got ice cream and all that good stuff. And it just opened in March because it closes for the winter. I was like, okay. And I know how it is. You know, I'm from the country as well. I know you can survive in the country if you know the spots. You have to know the secret spots. You know, go past the one stop light in the city. Go 12 blocks, take a left at the tree uh, that has a heart in it. Go two streets over, take a right at the stump, cross over the puddle, and there you'll find the gold. Hallelujah. Uh, amen. Exodus chapter 5 and verse 20. Just to give you a backdrop of this text, God tells Moses to go to Egypt to tell Pharaoh, uh, let my people go. And he goes, and whenever he goes, Pharaoh says no. And Pharaoh says, not only am I saying no, but now the burdens of Israel is going to be worse because you, you, you're trying to obey God, right? And things are going to get harder now. Now they have to make brick with no straw. And whenever the elders of Israel heard of the incredible uh, taxing situation they were in, that things got worse since Moses came uh, obeying the Lord. The Bible says in verse 20, And they met Moses and Aaron who stood in the way as they came forth from Pharaoh. And they said unto them, the Lord look upon you and judge. They said, look, Moses, the Lord's going to judge you because everything was okay. We learned how to survive and make it before you come around saying what thus saith the Lord. So the Lord's going to get you because you have made our Savior to be abhorred in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servants to put a sword in their hand to slay us. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Lord, wherefore hast thou so evil entreated this people? Why is it thou hast sent me? Moses is saying, look, Lord, I told you I didn't want to go. Now things are getting worse since I obeyed you. Has that ever happened to anybody here? You get a word from the Lord, you act on it, and it's like, pow! It's like, well, I wasn't expecting all of that. Hallelujah. Verse 23, for since I came to Pharaoh to speak in thy name, he hath done evil to this people, neither hast thou delivered thy people at all. Next verse, Exodus 6, verse 1, then the Lord said unto Moses, now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive him out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord, and I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. Last scripture, verse 4. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers. I want to preach to you on this subject this morning, the power of resistance. The power of resistance. Why don't you lay your Bibles down? Everyone close your eyes and lift up your hands. And let's ask the Lord to do exactly what he wants to do here. 
Lord Jesus, I honor this church. I honor every elder, every young person, every visitor, every saint. God, I honor the great apostolic heritage that is in this wonderful church, this wonderful congregation. Lord, I speak the blessing of God upon every person, Lord. Let the word of God fall on good ground. Let it be like a hammer that breaketh the rocks. Let the word of God be like a fire. Let the word of God be like the sincere milk. Let the word of God be like a two-edged sword. Let the word of God, Lord, let it cut where it needs to cut, Lord. Let let it be like water that cleanses us, Lord. Let the word of God have free reign in this place and change lives forever. Let your glory fall in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you clap your hands unto the Lord? Come on, if you're excited, can you clap those hands a little bit louder? Come on in. If you're feeling just a little bit radical this morning, why don't you clap your hands, all you people, and somebody shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah! Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout, yes! God speaks to Abraham and tells Abraham, I want you to leave everything behind and follow me, and I'm going to make you a great nation. And if you follow me, Abraham, those that bless you, I will bless. And those that curse you, I will curse. Abraham, through you, God says, all of the nations of the world are going to be blessed. Through your walk with me, Abraham, the whole world is going to be blessed because of you. This decision that you're making, Abraham, I'm going to bless your offspring. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to bless the whole world because of your walk. Through you, your seed is going to be chosen. And through that offspring, through your children, the whole world is going to be blessed by that chosen vessel that comes out of your loins. God also prophesies to Abraham that this chosen vessel, his offspring, his children, that this chosen vessel would be in captivity in a strange land. God said, Abraham, you're going to have a chosen seed and offspring that comes out of your loins. But he said, there's going to come a time where they're going to be captive. They're going to be in bondage. They're going to be in captivity for 400 years. Everyone say 400 years. God said their chosen vessel is going to be captive in a strange land for 400 years. And that prophecy was fulfilled when the children of Israel were held captive by the Egyptians in the land of Egypt. But it's interesting because God said that they would be captive for 400 years. And the Bible says they, they did not come out of Egypt until after 430 years. They stayed 30 years longer in a situation that God prophesied they were supposed to come out of. It was because they were chosen 
but comfortable. They were called but complacent. Uh, expectation and exploits were taken hostage by ease. Uh, and they dwelt in Goshen, which literally means to draw near. They were content drawing near to their destiny. But they did not have the fervor or the intensity to walk in their destiny. Uh, they were content coming close. Uh, I almost prayed through. I almost had revival. I almost had a breakthrough. But nobody remembers people that almost get it done. Give me somebody that has a hunger and an intensity that says I'm tired of coming close. I want to be everything that God wants. Hallelujah. I've told people oftentimes Satan doesn't always tempt us with sin. Many times he tempts us with comfort. And too many destinies have been sacrificed on the altar of a comfort zone. And Goshen was the best of the land. But the problem was they were supposed to be out already fulfilling the will of God. But they were held shackled by the ease that was in the ease. Egypt. I'm tired of coming close. I'll tear the roof off if I have to. I'll scream like blind Bartimaeus if I have to. I'll crawl on my hands and knees to touch the hem of his garment if I have to. I'll go through whatever hell I gotta go through. But I want to be everything that God wants me to be. And I'm tired of coming close. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, history doesn't remember people that almost made it happen. History remembers people that made it happen. If I were to ask you today, who was the person that invented the telephone? Many of you would tell me that it was Alexander Graham Bell that made the invention of the telephone. But what if I gave you a revelation today that Alexander Graham Bell was not the first person to start the invention of the telephone. He was just the first person to finish it. It was started by a man you never heard of, a man called Elijah Gray. And Elijah Gray, he began to come up with this invention of the telephone. He began to cultivate it. But somewhere along the line, he got busy. And he put that invention on a shelf. And he didn't come back to it again. People began to hear throughout the community uh, that he was working on something that was great uh, Alexander Graham Bell heard of it uh, he began to perfect this invention uh, when Elijah Gray heard that it, Alexander Graham Bell was almost done with the invention uh, Elijah Gray took the invention off the shelf uh, and started to try to finish it uh, before Alexander Graham Bell did uh, but Alexander Graham Bell's lawyer uh, patented the invention uh, just a few hours before that Elijah's Gray's lawyer would come and patent the invention and he's forever remembered as an almost nobody remembers people that almost get it done give me somebody that will not quit until they become everything that God wants them to become hallelujah I almost, I almost, I almost nobody remembers that 
Give me somebody that has the energy, the tenacity, the fervor uh, that will not quit until they get uh, what God said they would have. Uh, I'm tired of being content not having it. Come on, somebody. Uh, I'm tired of just being willing to sit by uh, and let other people get their blessings while uh, I'm sitting on mine, uh, unwilling to come on, have the fervor and the intensity uh, to go after it. Uh, I'm tired of watching everybody else shout and dance and worship because of the breakthroughs and the power that they got but I know God's got things in my life that have been hanging over me and I'm going to reach up now I've been shackled by comfort for too long but now I'm breaking the chains off my comfort zone and I'm saying God I'm ready God I'm ready the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force I've come to ask tonight I've come to seek this morning I've come to knock I've come with the progressive pursuit I've come to not stop I've come with importunity I've come to keep on knocking I'm coming until it breaks open in the Holy Ghost so God understands that Israel the nation of Israel is captive in Egypt and they're comfortable there This chosen vessel with all this potential is eating good in Goshen. And so God began to look for an avenue or a channel to get his people out of their comfort zone and into their destiny. And he found something called resistance. Romans chapter 9 verse 17 Details it perfectly. Romans 9, 17, look what it says. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. God said, I am the one that raised up Pharaoh. Uh I'm in trouble now. I am the one that raised up Pharaoh. You're praying for me to take him out, but I'm the one that put him there. You're so comfortable in Egypt, I'm going to raise up a Pharaoh that you won't have favor with, that doesn't care about Joseph. And he's going to afflict you so bad that you're finally going to cry out to me to be what I have called you to be. What if I told you what's fighting you right now is not hell against your life. It is God poking you in the side saying, it's time to get back in the prayer closet. It's time to get your joy back. It's time to get your worship back. It's time to get your shout. And God said, if you won't pray voluntarily, I'll raise up enough hell in your life to make you pray involuntarily. If you won't fast voluntarily, I'll raise up enough affliction in your life to make you fast involuntarily. There's too many people in this community relying on your prayers for you to sit there and be comfortable. So I'll raise up whatever adversity to get you back to praying and fasting, to get you back to clapping and worshiping when the preacher doesn't have to pull on you anymore but the affliction forces you to cry out you used to sit on him come on somebody but now I've been hurt so much I'm coming with the glory 
Oh, somebody clap your hands right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, somebody clap right now. Oh, I will do whatever I have to do to get you out of your comfort zone. And God raised up some resistance to provoke them out of it, where they could not live another day without operating in their destiny, in their calling. They could not live another day without praying, without a praise freely coming off of their lips. Can I tell you, God knows how to use resistance to get us in position. Can I preach to you in the book of Genesis? Isaac, the Bible says uh, he married Rebecca and for 20 years Isaac doesn't pray uh, but Isaac the Bible says Rebecca that she was barren uh, for 20 years Isaac doesn't have a child uh, so finally after 20 years of barrenness uh, Isaac finally lifts up his voice uh, and cries out in praise unto the Lord uh, and when he prays to God uh, the Bible says that God heard his prayer uh, and he honored his prayer uh, and Rebecca conceived and, and after Rebecca conceived, the Bible says that the children in her womb, that they began to struggle. There were twins in her womb, that they began to struggle. And finally, Rebecca prays. Rebecca didn't pray when she was barren. I got to preach now. Can I preach to you? Barrenness doesn't make women pray. I got to give you a revelation. Women do not pray until there is a struggle. And it is through the adversity that a woman finally opens up and prays. Rebecca didn't pray when she was barren. She prayed when the struggle happened. Rachel didn't pray when she was barren. She prayed when she was fighting and struggling uh, with Leah uh, where she said give me children uh, or else I die. Uh, Hannah didn't pray when she was barren uh, but she prayed when she was afflicted by Penina uh, where she said I gotta have a child. Uh, barrenness doesn't make women pray uh, but it is the struggle uh, that finally makes women intercede uh, and call on God. Uh, that's why there's more women in church than men uh, because the struggle pushes women to pray uh, but a man he can stick, take on the struggle, take it on his chin and keep on walking in rebellion and his direction. The struggle doesn't move men. Barrenness moves men because Isaac prayed when his legacy was threatened and it's when hell touches a man's kids and hell touches a man's spouse and hell comes against a man's marriage and hell touches a man's job and livelihood that it finally makes cold men pray I've seen men have go through all types of struggles still won't repent you're not hearing me right now they still won't repent. They're going through all this hell. They still won't cry out to God. So rebellious. But God says, I got an answer for that. Oh, I'm going to allow hell. See, I've been protecting you, but now I'm going to allow hell to have you for a moment. And hell starts touching the livelihood. And all of a sudden you can't find a job. You keep getting fired. Your children are struggling. The marriage is strained. Finally, I've seen those cold men that pride themselves in 
in their masculinity and pride themselves in their ego where they finally come up front and begin to break down and say God I surrender whatever you want to do in me that's what I'll come on somebody what does God have to put you through before you finally cry out what does God have to put you through until you finally open up your mouth what does God have to put you through before you finally cry out to God I wish somebody would clap right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, with all the resistance that's happening in the world, I'm not afraid of that resistance. Can I tell you, I fear more where the church would be if we didn't have that resistance. We'd probably be at ease in Zion. We'd probably be sitting back on our lazy boys, building our barns bigger, uh, uh, just being lazy. Uh, but because of the resistance, it has forced us uh, to cry out to God for a revival. So the affliction finally made Israel, listen, cry out. And they cried out to God for a deliverer. Listen to this. And God answers their prayer with a baby. Catch it now. And he raises the baby in Pharaoh's house. He raises the deliverer in the enemy's house. And God said, I cannot raise Moses among his own people. Because he may conform to the comfortable prone mindset. So he said, I'm going to raise him in the enemy's house so he can have a vision of possessing kingdoms and conquering nations. I'm going to allow his enemy to teach him how to warfare and how to possess the land. And Moses was in Pharaoh's battle plan strategy and began to watch how what it takes for a nation to conquer another nation. And the enemy was preparing him to go to another. Can I tell you, your enemy's teaching you something. Your enemy's teaching that you have more power than you think you have your enemies teaching you that you have a brighter future your enemy your enemy is teaching you something your enemy is teaching he taught Moses how to now this is how you do it Moses this is how you possess the land this is how you do it this is how you overcome it and Moses is just taking notes because he knows that whenever he leaves this place that God is going to raise him up to deliver the people of Israel and he knew there was a promised land that was calling look at this folks look at this uh, the Bible says that God spoke to, spoke to Samuel after Saul sinned. God spoke to Samuel. And what God spoke to Samuel was this. He said, Samuel, Saul sinned. Listen, listen closely. He said, I want you to go to Jesse's house because I found a man after my own heart. Anybody know that story? He said, Samuel, go to Jesse's house because I found a man after my own heart. Samuel goes to Jesse's house. And he doesn't find a man. He finds a boy. But there was a man in the boy. So God had to raise up a giant to get the man out of the boy. 
your giant is working for you because it's going to produce something out of you that you didn't know you could preach like that. You didn't know you could worship like that. You didn't know you could shout like that. Thank you, giant. I didn't know I had that in there. But the hell that you put me through made me realize that I've been made from a... Thank you, giant. I thought I was a shepherd, but you showed me there's a king in there. There's a king in there. You're going to find out there's a king in your affliction. You're going to find out there's anointing in your adversity. You're going to find out there is a praise in the midst of your pain. I thank you for it, Lord. You know what? And after he killed the giant, they began to sing. Saul has slayed his thousands and David his ten thousands. Hold on one second. David only killed one person. But they began to sing. He's slain his ten thousands. If you only knew how many victories your giant was connected to. He killed one giant, and he got immediately 10,000 victories. Can I tell you the hell that you're up against right now? It's going to pave the way for your daughter. It's going to pave the way for your son. It's going to pave the way for Salem. It's going to pave the way for your community. Hey, where they won't have to fight what you fought, because you slayed that giant a long time ago. They won't have to battle what you battle with, because with your praise, you broke something in the spirit. What if I told you when you clap your hands? You're just not clapping for you. You're clapping for the next generation. You're clapping for the You're clapping for the person. I wish somebody would clap now. I wish somebody would stand on their feet and shout now. I wish somebody would run now. I wish somebody would dance now. You are losing something in the Holy Ghost. Come on and clap. I see the elders running. Are there any young people that will run? Are there any young marriage that will run? Anybody that will grab somebody by the hand? No, this is for my kids. We're not going to be raised in dysfunction like I was raised in dysfunction. We're not going to fail like my family failed. I'm not praising just for me. I'm not shouting just for me. I am breaking something you're not hearing me yet you're not hearing me yet if you only knew what was connected to your clap I wouldn't have to beg you to clap you'd be clapping like crazy because you're breaking generational spirits you're breaking generational curses I wouldn't have to beg you to open up your mouth because when you open up your mouth something is breaking off of the person next to you I wish somebody else would run I wish there'd be a minister that would run I wish there would be a minister that'll run around the building I wish there'd be somebody that'll do something that they never done before to get what they have never got come on somebody run somebody dance come on young person that's it I need another young person to run I need a keep on sitting where's the young married at? why don't you run a while do something that you've never done get out of your comfort zone and let something break in the Holy Ghost 
Hey, hey, isn't that what you always do? Step out of your seat and do something different. If you've never danced, you need to dance. If you've never run, you need to run. If you've never shouted, you need to shout. Don't you do that every Sunday? Come on, step out of your seat and let the anointing of the Holy Ghost break open. Come on, clap. Come on, clap so hell can hear you. Come on, clap so hell can hear you. Come on, clap so heaven comes down. Come on, you need to step out of your seat and do something different. Don't you nod your head every Sunday? Do something different. Don't you stand back there and clap every Sunday? Step out of your pew and do something different so the anointing can pave the way in this place. Come on, something's breaking open. You need to clap some more. There needs to be a unified shout in here. There needs to be a unified worship in here. There needs to be a unified kabosetaya. Come on, you're breaking something open. Come on. I feel it beginning to break open right now. You don't think your praise is doing much, but I can see in the spirit. There are drug addicts being delivered. There are backsliders that have been struggling. And what you're doing right now is making the way for them to make their way back to church. Your praise is creating a doorway. Your praise is creating a channel. Your praise is creating a river. Come on, somebody, do something that you've never... How long, how long are you going to blame shyness as a reason not to lift up your voice? How long are you going to blame shyness as a reason that the next generation struggles with the same devil that you never defeated? Oh, I'm sorry, baby. I, I was too shy. So now you're struggling with porn. So now you're struggling with alcohol. So now you're struggling with addiction. I was too shy in that service, baby. No, no, no. It's time for you to get delivered from your your shyness and step a and let something break open. My God, my God, my God. He la ma serebe kalaboho, he la boho serebe kaya. Hey, Lam, I come to provoke you to a good work. You're not as shy as you think you are. You were watching Chicago Cubs. You were watching the football game. You were watching the basketball game. And you shouted and you danced. But now in church, all of a sudden, you shy. No, you're not shy. Why don't you step out of your flesh? Come on and let something break open in this place that paves the way for the eternity. If you clap for a game, you need to clap for God. If you shouted for a sport, you should shout for God. If you gotta break him, I'll say. 
Shiba. Hey, hello. Somebody just needs to groan right now. Somebody just needs to cry out right now. I'm telling you, you're paving a way. I'm telling you, you're more powerful than you think you are. I'm telling you, you do more than you think you do. I'm telling you, you have more promise and potential than you thought you had. And I'm telling you, it's going to be manifest today. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, something is breaking open right now. People are getting delivered right now because of what you're doing. Your grandkids won't have to fight it because of what you're doing. You're destroying that Goliath. You're destroying that spirit. You're destroying that spirit of intimidation. You're destroying that spirit of insecurity with what you're doing right now. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Oh, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Mama Maserebekaya. Oh, Lama Shirikaya. Something, something is beginning to catch fire in this place. It was a spark. There was a spark that's happened here. And I feel the wind of the Holy Ghost beginning to breathe on that spark. And there's a wildfire beginning to break out of revival. There's a spark up here right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving. You'll never doubt it again. There's an anointing on this church. There's an anointing on your family. There is anointing on your vikab. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those that are praying in the front, I want you to turn around and I want you to go throughout the aisles and I want you to go and link up and pray with somebody. Those that are in the altar right now, I want you to turn around and take that same fire and find somebody to lay your hands on in this congregation. With your prayer, there's going to be strongholds that are broken. This whole this whole place is an altar right now. That's it. Find somebody to link up with. And with the same passion that you had up front, I want you to take it out there and lay your hands on somebody in this place. This whole place is an altar right now and God's using your hands to provoke a fire. That's it right there. That's it right there. Something is breaking open right now. 
that's it right there there is a unity of the Holy Ghost there is a demonstration of the spirit there is a demonstration of the power there is a demonstration of the glory that's it that's it right there there's more people there's more people that's it you link up with them nobody needs to be alone right now if somebody's alone you need to go grab them and begin to pray the fire of God to come on them that's it right there God's using your hands that's the power being released that's the anointing being released that is the glory of God being released I feel something breaking in the Holy Ghost I feel a delivering anointing I feel the power of God there's a blessing in this place there is a power in this place come on that's it you lift up your voice and pray for him you lift up your voice and cry out for him there's that old intercession you hadn't interceded like that in a while there's that old intercession being cultivated it's that old anointing being cultivated that's it you intercede if you got the Holy Ghost you speak in tongues you begin to speak in tongues you begin to intercede in the spirit something is breaking open right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus that's it God's using you right now that's it right there God's using you right now that's it right there God is using you right now I feel the promise coming out right now oh you're a chosen vessel you're a chosen generation you're a royal priesthood you're special to the Lord you're too special to be comfortable you're too anointed to be comfortable you've got too much destiny to kick back and relax in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus come on that's it everybody needs to be praying with somebody if you're done praying up front you go out into the congregation and link up and pray with somebody but there is something that is breaking open you will never be the same you'll never shout the same again you'll never run the same again you'll never talk the same again you've been reminded that you have a purpose you've been reminded that you have an anointing you've been reminded that you have a destiny in the name of the Lord in the name of the in the name of the Lord Jesus in the name of the Lord Jesus that's it let those tongues go that's the Holy Ghost
That's it right there. That's it. There's something breaking open right now. I feel a delivering anointing. That's it. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost on you. That's it. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. Keep speaking in tongues. That's the Holy Ghost. Keep speaking in tongues. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I want you to step out of your pew right now. If you normally sit on this side, I need you to get from that side and go pray with somebody in the middle. If you normally sit in the middle, you need to get out of your normal place and go pray for somebody. Come on, step out. That's it, step out. There's an anointing on you. You have too much anointing in you. God's wanting to use you to break something open. Step out of your normal sitting place. Step out of where you normally sit right now. This is how revival is going to happen. This is how the demonstration is going to happen. When we get a little uncomfortable and start doing some things that we don't normally do, that's it. Step out of your normal seat and go pray for somebody in the aisle and go pray for somebody that you normally don't pray with. In the name of the Lord.